I guess my intuition helped. Um, I'd like to thank the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast listeners. You guys really like the Lawrence Ferlinghetti tribute. And so I figured, you know what? Since uh, he got hundred, almost 102 years, let's continue the celebration of Mr. Lawrence Ferlinghetti. A San Francisco Poems. I bought these a year ago during the pandemic. I figured, you know, it was his 100th, 101 birthday. Okay. <laughs> and it was fitting that, you know, I buy him or oh, I buy his books. I had read I had read him from afar. The discourse on peace near the end of an extremely important discourse. The great man of state stumbling on a beautiful hollow phrase falls over it and undone with gaping mouth shows his teeth gasping and the dental decay of his peaceful reasoning exposes the nerve of war. The delicate question of money. Whoa. He was right on it. He was right on it. And this is a good one. Challenges to young poets. Invent a new language. Anyone can understand. Climb the Statue of Liberty. Reach for the unattainable. Kiss the mirror and write what you see and hear. Dance with wolves and count the stars, including the unseen. Be naive, innocent, non-cynical, as if you have had just landed on earth as indeed you have as indeed we all have astonished by what you have fallen upon write living newspapers be a reporter from outer space filling dispatches to some supreme managing editor who believes in full disclosure and has a low tolerance level for hot air Write an endless poem about your life on earth or elsewhere. Read between the lines of human discourse. Avoid the provincial. Go for the universal. Think subjectively. Write objectively. Think long thoughts and short short sentences. Don't attend poetry workshops. But if you do, don't go to learn how to, but to learn what's, what's important to write about. Don't bow down to critics who have not themselves written great masterpieces, resist much, obey less. Secretly liberate any being you see in a cage. Write short poems in the voice of birds. Make your lyrics truly lyrical. Birdsong is not made by machines. Give your poem wings to fly to the treetops. The much-quoted dictum from William Carlos Williams, No ideas but in things is okay for prose, but it lays a dead hand on lyricism. Since things are dead, don't contemplate your navel in poetry and think the rest of the world is going to think it's important. Remember everything, forget nothing, work on a frontier. If you can find one, go to sea or work near water and paddle your own boat. (sighs) Mr. Lawrence Ferlinghetti. Is there, is there more to the man? There is. Associate with thinking poets. They're hard to find. Cultivate dissidents and critical thinking. First thought, best thought may not make for the greatest poetry. First thought may be worst thought. 
What's on your mind? What do you have in mind? Open your mouth and stop mumbling. Don't be so open-minded that your brains fall out. Question everything and everyone. Be subversive, constantly questioning reality and the status quo. Be a poet, not a husker. Don't cater. Don't pander. Especially not to possible audiences, readers, editors, or publishers. Come out of your closet. It's dark in there. Raise the blinds. Throw open your shuttered windows. Raise the roof. Unscrew the locks from the doors. But don't throw away the screws. Be committed to something outside yourself. Be militant about it or ecstatic. To be a poet at 16 is to be 16. To be a poet at 40 is to be a poet. Be both. Wake up and pee. The world's on fire. Have a nice day. First read at the 70th Annual San Francisco High School Poetry Festival, February 3rd, 2001. Nice. Nice. This is great. I I love the pictures. You know, yeah, you, you don't always get this from audiobooks or digital books. The amazing photo. I would say I got a hat like Lawrence Ferlinghetti. My brother says it's a Russian hat. Whatever. This is a good one. This is on the back of the book. The Green Street Mortuary Marching Band marches right down Green Street and turns into Columbus Avenue, where all the cafe sitters at the sidewalk cafe tables sit talking and laughing and looking right through it as if it just happened the other day. Little old wooden North Beach, San Francisco, but at the same time feeling thrilled by the stirring sound of the gallant marching band as if it were celebrating life but never heard of death. That's an excerpt. <sighs> my intuition told me here go to buy his books I didn't I didn't know he was gonna die I thought hey maybe he'll live to be 105 okay this was published in 2001 nice and then of course the Coney Island of the Mind by the way welcome to the Dr. Zeus film podcast I'm reading tonight shocking isn't it you can read yeah um a lot of people ask that oh here's a good one don't let that horse eat that violin cried Chigal's mother but he kept right on painting and became famous and kept on painting the horse with the violin in mouth and when he finally finished it he jumped up upon the horse and rode away waving the violin and then with a low bow gave it the first naked nude he ran across there were no strings attached (laughs) oh i like that no strings attached and so i thought for the first few moments i would read to you and just celebrate mr lawrence ferlinghetti what a what i love this book coney island i can't take this to work because they'd be like why did you bring that it's not dr seuss (laughs) it's not but fuck that. Um, I have so many things. I have a collection of things. We all have things. Or as Carlin famously said, I'm looking for a place to put my stuff. I've got those Funko Pop board games I've never learned to play. I've got a wonderful puzzle of Frida Kahlo. Oh, yeah. And then I have this. My friend gave this to me. I'm, I'm her movie bitch. That's what she calls me. We haven't seen a movie in shit almost two years. She gave this to me for Christmas. Amazon's movie trivia. You're going to need a bigger brain. That's for damn sure. I love this. This is this is right up my alley. What character a hybrid piece of cult, cult, cutlery is introduced in Toy Story 4? The answer, a forky. 
What city is the setting of the cinematic battle Marvel's The Avengers? New York. What Oscar musical won a Best Picture Oscar in 2003? Chicago. Who plays Captain John Miller in Saving Private Ryan? Tom Hanks. See, this is and this is on the box. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. Yeah. We talked about that the other night. We talked about um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Directed by the amazing late. I, I hate saying that when they go. I just hate it. Mike Nichols. Mike Nichols. And I talked about him back in February. Because if it weren't for Mike Nichols, the world would not know the brilliance of Whoopi Goldberg. And it was Mike Nichols who brought Whoopi Goldberg to Broadway. And she is forever beholden to him. She loved him. You know, Mike Nichols believed in her. She was saying how Mike Nichols says, yeah, we're going to take you to Broadway. And she's like, really? Because no one, no one had ever believed in her like that before, and that—that's a testament to Mike Nichols, you know, as a director, as a friend. You think of all the really great movies that Mike Nichols made, all the great TV movies and plays. I mean, what what a a Renaissance man, just like Mr. Lawrence Ferlinghetti. You know, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. I was lying in my bed last night i was recording because i I wasn't feeling well you know sometimes if you feed a cold you feel a little better and i fed the cold and i feel a little better not a lot better the mucus is starting to subside but i was lying in my bed and i have stuff that i need to just throw off the bed i have like a little radio thing my headphones and my books and the tablets the tablet i have more than one tablet i know um and I thought, well, I'm turning into almost into like Ferlin Getty esque. You know, I've got, you know, if I want to write something, it's right there, you know. Uh, I am a poet, but you won't hear me read my stuff on here because it's self promotion and I don't do that. Well, sometimes when it when it's the podcast, but you know maybe one day I'll go to a coffee house and read something, maybe. Or through a campfire. You know, this is a shout out to the LNC really great group of people maybe one day when we're all in a campfire i'll read some poetry I, I i write it all the time you know and that's why i like someone like lawrence ferlinghetti because i can relate to the words that i'm reading you know there are some poets out there that you read the words and it's like oh okay i'll, I'll never get there <sighs> yeah you know this is a film podcast and so we can talk about poets and you know the oh i need to stop saying you know but if you ought to know <laughs> i got a really great blu-ray in the mail even though i have it digitally sometimes it's good to have the physical copy of zappa directed by alex winter mm. great documentary if you don't know about the man with the mustache watch it there's so many things i could recommend to you right now so i'm going to recommend this if you love comedy and you love freedom of thought and if you've ever heard tools on on my record there's the song third eye and at the beginning of the song you hear the late effervescent 
Bill Hicks. Comedy, this man's comedy, that the generation that heard it was not ready for it. This generation is ready for Bill Hicks. Oh my God. This is a really great um, program. It's called Bill Hicks Revelations, the last special Bill Hicks ever taped in 1992 and features him in the height of his genius. Recorded at the Dominion Theater, hello, in London, Bill Hicks opens our eyes and minds to the hypocrisy and ludicrousness of the world around us. That is so true. I'm not going to play any of his clips because, no, I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Bill Hicks was so great. And I and I love that tool. A lot of people learned about Bill Hicks listening to Tool because they heard this man talking about young man on acid said today that life is merely condensed. Where life is a dream where we're the imagination of ourselves. Here's Tom with the weather. Yeah, that's a little bit of, of Bill Hicks. Movies take so many different shapes. Uh... Last year, I watched a movie that was parody. Well, it was comedy. Vice. I thought that was great. Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney, but, you know, not not the Dick Cheney that we know. <laughs> we, yeah, we don't know him like that, do we? Mm. I love film. I love how it can just do something like music. It changes everything, it changes the weather, it changes your sense of the day. And that's why we love these films. And oh, there's so many of them. There's so many great films out there. So many that I could feast your eyes upon. And I'm so tired, but you must keep recording. Around this time a year ago, I watched a really great film. And it featured an actor who died recently. Who was so treasured, won his only Oscar in his 80s. Was at that point the oldest living Oscar winner or uh, no, not Oscar. Well, he was the oldest person to win an Oscar. I really enjoyed his movie. And I watched it during lockdown. And that was Knives Out with the late Christopher Plummer. This was such a great cast. I loved it. Who directed it? Ryan Johnson, Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Anna Dea Diarmas. Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanford, Catherine uh, Longford, Jaden Martell, and Mr. Mm. Yes, Christopher Plummer. It's such a great murder mystery. And there's so many twists and turns to Knives Out that I loved. I remember my friend had watched it and he recommended it. He says, you know, it's a good, it's, it's funny. It's funny because it's not, this is not Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love Murder, She Wrote growing up. Uh, you know, who doesn't love Angela Lansbury? Come on, come on. You know, to have that movie career and then to 
have a television career where you're known everywhere. You know, I, I hear the theme song in my head right now. My friend, she's from Oklahoma. She, she'll she tell me she's watching Murder, She Writ. <laughs> Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> yeah. But Knives Out was such a great movie. Um, it doesn't hurt that Chris Evans was in it. I mean, come on. <laughs> Chris Evans usually doesn't shave. I mean, if you've seen the last Avengers movies, it's like they, he shaved like after all of the action. Um, but damn. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. He was good in it. The whole cast was good. And it made me think of, you know, there's a Radiohead song called Knives Out. It made me think of that. I thought, oh, they're doing a movie about a Radiohead song, you know? Um, but I really, I really enjoyed it. Oh, this is good. Okay, if, 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 if I'm going to play a little clip from it. I really enjoyed this. I thought, you know, I, I talked about it about a year ago. So, you know, tonight it's Ferlinghetti and Knives Out. <laughs> you hear me reading poetry and then we dive into a... Here we go. That's from the night of the party. <laughs> That's where you were all night. What the hell were you doing in the bathroom all night? Nothing. Swatting <laughs> Syrian refugees. No, I was not. Alt-right troll. I don't know what any of that means. It means your son's a little creep. Oh, my son's a creep. Guys, <laughs> Walt, he was in the bathroom. Yeah, he was in the bathroom. Joylessly masturbating to pictures of dead deer. Oh, you know what, Richard? You want to go? Bet, Skippy, let's go. You want to go? Come on, Watch out, Stop! 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 We know where this is going. You were in the bathroom next to Harlan's office where he had the fight with Ransom. Now you heard something. Spill it. I just heard two things. My will. My will. And then there was more yelling. And then I heard Ransom say, I'm warning you. Ransom? What's that mean? I think it means our father finally came to his senses and cut this worthless little brat out of his will. So I guess you're going to have to sell the Beamer and give your notice at the country club and kick whatever fashion drug you're on. Because if you think that after all the bridges you burned, after all the shit you said, after everything that you put this family through for the last 10 years, that any of us are going to support you, that any of us are going to give you, like dad liked to say, a single red dime, you're nuts! Son, father, did Harlan tell you he was going to cut you out of the will? Yep. Well, and he's done what none of us were strong enough to do. Maybe this might finally make you grow up. This might be the best thing that could ever happen to you. Thank you. My mother, ladies and gentlemen. Look, this is not going to be easy for you, but it'll be good. Nothing good is ever easy. 
Up your ass, Joni. You've had your teeth in this family's tit for a long time. Up your ass? Very nice. Matter of fact, eat shit. What? How's that? Please do not use that word in front of my son. Eat shit. If I was a practicing, I would slap that smug smile. Definitely eat shit. That's a little taste of uh, Knives Out. But, you know, we got a Mr. Christopher Plummer, the man of the the hour. My goodness, what a... You know, you think of The Sound of Music and Beginners for which he won an Oscar. What a long and illustrious career, this Canadian actor who is internationally known. His daughter was in Pulp Fiction. I mean, come on. Here we go. To make this so airtight that the average cop will entirely dismiss you as a suspect. This last thing for me, for your family. What do you want me to do? Go downstairs as noisily as you can and then say goodbye loudly. Walt, I'm leaving. Call attention to the time. God, it's midnight already. If you can. Drive out the gate. Then to avoid the security cameras, pull off the road before the carved elephant. Wait, was it before or after? After the carved elephant. No, he said before. Was it? The after for the carved elephant. Oh, shit. So that's, that's a little taste of Knives Out that I got to watch during the lockdown. I watched a lot of movies. Did a lot of annoying paperwork, too, for work during the lockdown. And I'm not free of that now, but, you know, yes. You know, as I continue to record this podcast into its third year, and I feel the three years seem like more 30 years, I I loved it when I was recording and people who don't know anything about recording and and radio or would give me advice. You know, oh, you sometimes are searching for the answer. Okay. You you go and record a show eight days a week. Or is it seven, seven days a week? You try it, okay? It's been a long day. So, you know, I take advice from those where... They have a grasp of it versus those who just like giving advice when nobody asked. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know a few people who remain nameless who just like to complain all the time. Yeah. Oh, I've had people complain about my driving. And if you notice, I don't drive them around anymore. You complain about my driving and I'm not taking you anywhere. And then there are those who like my driving. So probably because I don't drive like a maniac and whatever. I drive careful. I have to. But, you know, that's taking it away from Knives Out. I've read poetry for you. We've talked about Knives Out. I mean, but, you know. It's, it's 11 o'clock at night, and I got to take my NyQuil. 
before we go, before it's 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 all about Lawrence Ferlinghetti. It just is. Oh, the LNC is gonna love this. Christ, Christ climbed down. Oh, he did all right. Christ climbed down from his bear tree this year and ran away to where there were no rootless Christmas trees hung with candy canes and breakable stars. Christ climbed down from his bear tree this year and ran away to where there were no gilded Christmas trees, no tinsel Christmas trees, no tinfoil Christmas trees, and no pink plastic Christmas trees, and no gold Christmas trees, and no black Christmas trees, and no powder blue Christmas trees hung with electric candles and encircled with ten electric trains and clever cornball relatives. Christ climbed down from his bear tree this year and ran away to where no intrepid Bible salesman covered the territory in two-tone Cadillacs where no Sears robot crunches complete with plastic babe and manager manger arrived by parcel post the babe by special delivery where no televised wise men praise the lord cloverant whiskey christ climbed down from his bear tree this year and ran away to where no fat sh- handshaking stranger in a red tinsel s- flannel suit hello and a fake white beard went around passing himself off as some sort of north pole saint crossing the desert to bethlehem pennsylvania in a volkswagen sled drawn by roller licking adirondack reindeer with german names and bearing sacks of humble gifts from Saks fifth avenue from everybody's imagined christ child Christ climbed down from his bear tree this year and ran away to where no Bing Crosby carolers groaned uh, of a tight Christmas and where no Radio City angels ice skated wingless through a winter wonderland into a jingle bell heaven daily at 8.30. With midnight mass matinees, Christ climbed down from his bear tree this year and softly stole away into some anonymous Mary's womb again where in the darkest night of everybody's anonymous soul he awaits again an unimaginable and un an impossibly immaculate reconception the very craziest of second comings oh, this is from a coney island of the mind oh god this book city lights books city lights books see it's it's not all about movies tonight it's just not Mm. Meet Miss Subways of 1957. See Miss Subways of 1957 riding the Times Square shuttle back and forth at four in the morning. Meet Miss Subways of 1957 with 50 cent size cotton plugs in her flat black nose, shuttling back and forth on the Times Square shuttle at four in the morning and hanging on to the heaven's iron rings with cut up golden arms of black weed in a black hand. You can meet Miss Subways. You can see Miss Subways of 1957 wearing sad slacks and matching handbag and cruising through the cars and hanging on with black. Uh, Beat black arms and black butt and a black hand, and the iron cars shunting on the freeway forever into dark, death and darkness. Oh, lost Abangi, staggering through the successive ogives of hell down Dante's final fire escape. Yeah, we're gonna keep going, motherfuckers. <laughs> 
This group of poems has been selected from my first book, Pictures of the Gone World, published in 1955 in the Pocket Poet Series, City Lights Book, San Francisco, 94133. <laughs> above above a, harbor, a harbor full of cockleness houses among the Charlie Noble chimney pots of a rooftop rigged with clotheslines of a woman's paste-up sails upon the wind hanging on her morning sheets with golden pins, oh lovely mammal, with her nearly naked teats throw taut shadows when she stretches up to hang at last the last of her so whitewashed sins. But it is wetly amorous and winds itself about her clinging to her skin. So caught with arms upraised, she tossed back her head in voiceless laughter and a choiceless gesture, then shakes out gold hair. While in the reachless seascape spaces between the blown white shrouds stand out the bright steamers to the kingdom come. Oh my, Mr. Lawrence Ferlinghetti. What are you doing to me right now? I love I love reading his book. Mm. It's just when you thought you were dead. You're alive, aren't you? The poet's eye, obscenely seen, sees the surface of the round world with its drunk rooftops and wooden oxenous clotheslines and its clay males and females with hot legs and rosebud breasts. Oh, wait, I read that the other day. <laughs> Repeat. <laughs> Sometimes during eternity, some guy shows up and one of them who shows up real late is a kind of a carpenter from some square type place like Galilee. And he starts wailing and claiming he is hip to who made heaven and earth and that the cat who really laid it on us is his dad and moreover he adds it's all written down on some scroll type parchments which some henchmen leave lying around the dead sea somewheres a long time ago and which you won't even find for a couple of thousand or so or at least for 1947 of them to be exact and even then nobody really believes him or me for that matter you're hot they'll tell him and they cool him they stretch him on the tree to cool. Yeah. And everybody after that is always making models of this, this tree with him hung up and always crooning his name and calling him to come down and sit in on their condo combo as if he were the king cat who's got to blow or get or they can't quite make it. Only he don't come down from his tree. Him just hang there on his tree, looking real petered out and real cool. And also, according to a roundup of late world news from the usual reliable sources, real dead. Oops, I did it again. Um, yeah. I feel the spirit of Lawrence Ferlinghetti when I read his words. I truly do. In a Golden Gate Park that day, a man and his wife were coming along through the uh, am, uh, enormous meadow which was the meadow of the world he was wearing green suspenders and carrying an old beat up flute in one hand while his wife had a bunch of grapes which she kept handing out individually to various squirrels as if each were a little joke and then the two of them came on through the 
enormous meadow, which was the meadow of the world. And then, at a very still spot where the trees dreamed and seemed to have been waiting through all time for them, they sat down together on the grass without looking at each other and ate oranges, without looking at each other and put the peels in a basket which they seemed to have brought for the pur- that purpose, without looking at each other. And then he took his shirt and undershirt off and kept his hat on sideways and without saying anything fell asleep under it. And his wife just sat there looking at the birds which flew about, calling to each other in the silly air as if they were questioning existence or trying to recall something forgotten. But then finally, she too lay down flat and just lay there looking up at nothing, yet fingering the old flute which nobody played and finally looking over at him without any particular expression except a certain awful look of terrible depression. A Coney Island of the mind. See, if it was like this, when we waltz into this place, a couple of far out cats is going an out Aztec two-step and I says, dad, let's cut. And then his dame comes up behind me and says, you and me really could exist. Whoa, I says, only the next day she has bad teeth and really hates poetry. That is from... Coney Island of the Mind poems by Lawrence Ferlinghetti. It's been a very interesting night of tapestries and poetry and films. Yeah. A Coney Island of the Mind was published in 1955. Okay, copyright 1955 and 1958. Yes. I love these uh, stories. A Coney Island of the Mind, Oral Messages, Poems from the Pictures of the Gone World, Index of Titles and First Lines. And of course, San Francisco Poems, Lawrence Ferlinghetti. If only I had gotten these signs signed. But I'll tell you something honestly. When I read them, I feel that I already have. I feel... Uh, his presence there's so much to a really great book in his book Mm. I tried to read them in his voice and I thought no you can only read them in your own voice with I mean they are his words this makes sense the changing light the changing light at San Francisco is none of your East Coast light, none of your pearly light of Paris. The light of San Francisco is a sea light, an island light, and the light of fog blanketing the hills, drifting in at night through the Golden Gate to lie on the city at dawn. And then the house, Halcleon, late mornings after the fog burns off and the sun paints white houses with the sea of light of Greece with sharp, clean shadows making the town look like it had just been painted by the wind comes up at floor o'clock, sweeping the hills. And then the veil of the light of early evening and then another scrim when the new light night fog floats in. And in that veil of light, the city drifts anchorless upon the ocean. And that, my friends, is San Francisco. <laughs> I love, love... Okay, some of these photographs. 
Okay, Russian poet Adriel Volchowski for Linghetti, Berlin, 1967. Yeah, very photogenic. I, I, I have that hat, although I think his is a little better than mine. Okay, that's at City Lights Books, 1980. Nancy J. Peters, editor, City Lights Books for Linghetti at City Lights. Uh, jazz poet Ted Jones for Linghetti on Grant Avenue in North Beach, San Francisco, 1981. I love the photos. I wish you could see them, but you can get the book. San Francisco Poems, Lawrence Ferlinghetti and A Coney Island of the Mind, Lawrence Ferlinghetti. We've talked about film, Knives Out, and Lawrence Ferlinghetti. It's been wonderful. It's been soft. It's a soft focus, you know. And I'm going to have my fun and go to bed. If you want to know what my fun is, you really don't. For It's just between a man, a rock, and a hard place. But it's always better when it's a hard place. I'm just kidding. As always, unpleasant dreams. And I'm not even medicated yet. Night quill. It's coming. Good night.